Hello all you peaceful people and welcome back to Wholeness from the Hearth. It is me, Kristen, and today we are going to talk about effective communication. And in the second half, I'm going to give you my top 10 tips and techniques for effective assertive communication. So why are we reviewing communication? Um, you may be thinking, I communicate every day and I already have my own personal style of communicating and it serves me just fine. Well, if you've never experienced frustration or misunderstanding, that's awesome. And in the words of Skippy John Jones, my manners are mellow. I'm sweet like the jello. Um, by all means, you do not have to listen to this. Uh, go about your day and enjoy yourself. But if by chance you would like to brush up on some tips and techniques to increase your communication skills and add a little sweetness to your day, please stick around and we are going to talk about assertiveness. Um, assertiveness is not something that everybody is born with. Communication styles tend to be learned behaviors. I personally don't ever recall having a communications class until uh, later in my life in college, and it was mainly regarding public speaking. And so over the years, my communication styles ranged from passive to passive aggressive to just plain aggressive. I was never um, the best communicator. I am proud to say, though, I have learned a lot, especially over the last four or five years, about how I can communicate more effectively with my family and those around me. And it has made it to where I feel more at ease when I am communicating with others. I'm very introverted as a person. And so even making phone calls was a difficult thing for me to do. I would get very nervous and not know what to say. And uh, especially if there was something, an issue that needed addressing, I found myself becoming very uptight. And a lot of times that came off as aggressive just because it caused a little bit of panic in me. Um, so when talking about communication, um, there is indirect and direct communication. Uh, indirect communication consists mainly of nonverbal behaviors like body language, facial expressions, and different types of eye contact. For example, um, are you looking at the person or are you staring at the floor? Um, we obviously don't want to stare anybody down because that can be... Um, ineffective in and of itself. Um, but usually indirect communications are a little more easier, that's not right, a little easier to 
misinterpret, if you know what I mean. Um, somebody may have a look on their face and you think that they are not hearing what you're saying um, when really maybe their back just hurts. Um, so we can't rely just on indirect communications to gauge how effective and how well our communications are being understood and uh, received. Now, direct communication is what you say to that person. What is my message and how am I saying it? Um, so, tone of voice, um, range, um, how fast you're speaking, how slow you're speaking. Direct communication are the words that are coming out of my mouth. Um, and sometimes, you know, we have to take into consideration people's personal styles and their cultural experiences that shape the way that they communicate. Um, so there's a lot of things that can get lost in translation. Um, there's a lot of things that can get misunderstood. And I think that's why, for me, I wanted to talk about this um, today because I feel like I as a person want to be understood and I'm, I'm sure that everybody else has that same feeling. Now when I'm talking about communication and tips and techniques, I am talking about tips and techniques for you to pr improve your own social skills. Anytime we work on anything, it's for ourselves because we can't change people. Um, we can only change how we respond. So these may lead to communications being more effective and going more easily. Or um, maybe if it's a difficult person, that's just going to have to be something that you realize that maybe using these skills, um, that's not going to affect it depending on who you're communicating with. So I would not try to, like if you hear a skill that you like, go out and use it on the most difficult person you know. Um, that's not a challenge. This is not a challenge. This is about living with more ease in your own life. So with that, we are going to take a break and hear a bit about one of our sponsors. And then we will be back with the top 10 tips and techniques for assertive communication. All right, welcome back and let's get right on into it and go ahead and start with our or my favorite top 10 assertiveness tips. Um, so these are a variety of things that I picked up, some for, from therapy, some from trainings and one special one that I learned from my younger brother that is one of my favorites. Um, so the first one is don't pretend to be a mind reader. Don't do it. 
Um, there's no reason to do it. I promise you, you do not have that power. I do not have that power. Um, so if you think you know exactly what somebody is thinking and um, want to go ahead and, and just assume things, then I, I, I guess you can. But once you stop pretending to know what another person is thinking, um, that's the moment that you can start actually engaging with that person in a dialogue to start reaching your goals and getting your needs met and getting their needs met. And that's where the real communication begins. Um, and that leads into number two, ask for clarification. If you are not sure what somebody is meaning by something or if you're confused about anything there's too few details or there's too many details um, if they used a specific word that maybe has a different meaning to you than what they are, are assigning it to them ask for clarification you have the right to stop the conversation for a minute and say, can you please explain that a little more to me? I don't know how many times uh, I wish I would have stopped and asked for clarification before I, I went on with a conversation only to find out at the end that if I would have asked for that clarification, it would have saved me a good 30 minutes. So there's one and two. Number three, and this is a DBT skill. And it's probably one of my favorite DBT skills that I learned and has led to many successful communications with people I love in a way that has made it possible for me to express myself without becoming defensive or without somebody else getting defensive. And that is Use I statements whenever possible. What is an I statement? Well, if you have a specific need um, that you um, are looking to get addressed, instead of coming at somebody and starting the conversation with, you didn't do this and it made me upset. Switch it around. Just start with yourself. Um, because as soon as you start in with the you, people already become defensive. I know I do. Um, now if you come up to me and you say, I felt such and such, or I have this thing that I need to do, can you do this? Um, then the whole conversation starts off kind of on the right foot or the right side of the bed, whatever you want to call it. Use I statements. Um, we, we don't need to be starting off conversations um, with defenses up right out of the gate. Um, number four, listen with the intent to understand. If you want to be heard, then you have to be willing to hear others out. Don't just wait for them to take a breath so you can insert more commentary and more dialogue into it to get your point across. 
you have to listen with intent to understand. There are two sides to every interaction. Um, and if we want people to have a certain understanding and hold space for us as a person, then we have to be willing to do that for them. And so that links into number five, be ready to compromise. I know that sometimes it can be hard, uh, but if you're willing to compromise on some things, then it makes life happier for everybody. Um, it's kind of like sharing. Give a little, get a little. Um, so if you go into a conversation um, about something important and, and you're really needing a need met or a behavior changed, um, be willing to compromise because maybe there's something uh, that whoever you're talking to needs as well. Um, and we want to make sure that everybody leaves the conversation feeling good. Um, and so with that, we'll go to number six and it is eliminating distractions. If you have something really important to talk to someone about, please take time and set aside everything and carve out a, a spot of time where you can sit down and you can negotiate, discuss, whatever you want to call it, what's going on. If you are trying to um, solve or resolve a issue, it's not going to be effective to do it um, yelling from the kitchen into the living room at one another trying to get things done or scrolling through your phone or taking a phone call and then coming back to the conversation. If it's that important, then it's important enough to put down distractions, whatever you're doing, and fully engage in the present with that person. Um, seven. Oh, I wish I would have implemented this a few more times than, than I used to, but I think I, I do a good job of it now. Think before you speak. Yes, the difference between reacting and responding. Uh, instead of getting caught up in the emotion and the intensity um, of, the, um, of the moment, um, yes, there are certain things that are critical and uh, need to be addressed right away. That does not mean that you can't take a quick breather and sort out your thoughts before you just spit them out onto the table. Um, I'm not going to say any more about that. Do with it what you will, but think before you speak. Eight, and this goes with Number seven, you have the right to take the time to compose before engaging. You have every right. If somebody comes to you with um, a big request or a big emotional reaction towards something and they want to discuss it, um, that's fine. But you do have the right to say, 
I'm going to need some time to think about this before I discuss it with you. You have that right. I'm not saying everybody's going to respect that. Um, hopefully they will. But you have the right to set that boundary and, and to use it. Um, I know for me, I get overwhelmed easy. Especially if there is something that has a lot of parts to it or a lot of sides to it or it's a kind of a complex issue. I want to be able to set some time aside to think about it, reflect on it, and then re-engage with whoever to come to um, a compromise or a solution to that. Now... Number nine, and this is the one that I learned from my little brother, and I can't tell you how helpful this has been, and mainly it's been helpful when I'm dealing with people over the phone, um, whether it be doctors, offices, or so many other agencies that are hard to deal with. Um, he calls it the sandwich effect. Instead of calling someone or speaking to someone and saying, I have this problem and I need you to do this to fix it, um, sandwich it. Take the time, take the few seconds, whatever it, it only takes a few, maybe even a minute at most, and use, use the politeness skills. Ask them how their day is. Be friendly. Say hello. Ask them how their day is going. Then address the issue or conflict, whatever it is. And then end with another good thing. Say thank you for their assistance. Um, tell them that you appreciate them taking the time to work with you on it. Um, or work, or doing all that they can do. So the sandwich effect, um, thank you, little brother. Uh, that was a great tip, and I use that on the daily. Now, number 10, and this one has taken some time to perfect just because we live in such a fast-paced society. We're um, always Russian, Russian. Let's get this done and finish and move on to the next thing. But number 10, make time in your conversations or your communications for closure. Tie up those loose ends before parting ways. Um, make sure everything's all good. Make sure everything has been understood. People know what they have agreed to or discussed. Um, if they've committed to doing an action step, Whatever it may be, just take a few minutes at the end of the conversation. Uh, maybe you make some kind of a ritual, hug it out, I don't know, fist bump. Just make sure that you have that closure so that when you leave that communication, you don't have to carry it with you. And it's not something that's going to be brought up again in the next communication the last thing we want to do is be dragging old arguments throughout our lives and conversations with people. Um, when we have a communication, we make a compromise, we have an understanding, 
We want to be able to have that closure and move forward. So they, those are my 10 tips and tricks, um, counting the one I stole from my brother. And I hope that they have um, been interesting or maybe inspiring. And I hope that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week ahead. I can't thank you enough for all the support and interest that you guys have been showing me. And I want you to know that I appreciate every comment, share, question. Um, all of it means so much. So thank you. Have an awesome week. And next week we will be talking about the purpose and joy in play. Bye.